It's summertime, and at my bookie, that can only mean one thing. It is winning season. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. And at my bookie, winning season's all about your chance to win big. Bet NBA playoffs, NHL, Major League Baseball, UFC, golf, and then some. The craziest sports summer we've ever had. It's simple make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Invest in your sports intuition, people. Select from hundreds of futures bets. You can bet games in real time with MyBookie's live betting. Put that big old brain of yours to good use and use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games that you bet. Thousands of cross-sport wagers, props, and parlays await. Sign up now and bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. Today on the Zabecast, the NBA shuts down over the Jacob Blake shooting in Kenosha. Now the league's in a tight spot. Do they have a way to declare victory and resume dribbling? Notorious J.A.Y. joins me, and we got a metric ton of stuff to talk about, including whether or not Luka Doncic really is the next white basketball Jesus. All that plus a new nickname for Lefty. Your daily kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! Thursday, August 27th, 2020. Thank you for downloading Buckle Up. We have got a lot to get to today. NBA shutdown and protest. Fallout from that. Dan Snyder is teetering after the latest Washington Post report that had more women come forward with even more salacious details of the old boys club that was being run with football games on Sunday when they were there with the Washington Redskins. More on that in a second, plus a dollop of coronavirus stuff. But let's get into it. I generally think the following. As a general rule of thumb, emotional, spontaneous decisions are usually bad decisions. Often really bad decisions. Now, I don't know how spontaneous this decision was. Maybe the players for the Bucks had kept it under wraps for some time. Maybe they were talking about it over the last 48 hours. Maybe something changed in their minds when they woke up on Wednesday morning and were getting ready mentally to prepare for Game 5 against Orlando. But to go from... Yeah, 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 this is... Yeah, we're upset, but you know we're still here playing basketball too. Boom! We're not playing. That's a pretty quick decision. And I don't know how this is going to play out for the NBA, but my sense is it's not going to be good. I also believe, and this is very fast moving, so as I record this on Wednesday night, who knows how dated it'll be by the time you listen to it on Thursday. But my sense is they're going to play the rest of the season. This talk of the, the, the rest of the year's in jeopardy. At some point, you wake up the next day and the sun comes up, and you've had some sleep, maybe you've cried, maybe you've screamed, maybe you've drank, and you wake up. And then you're like, okay, it's another day. Now what? You need that next day thinking, that next day strategy. 
In fact, more than just the next day, how about the next week, the next month? How about look ahead, NBA, and and this applies to the players as well as the owners. The owners apparently were blindsided by this, according to some reports. Look ahead to, and this is going to perhaps shock some people, but I'm here to deliver truth. I'm not here to hold your hand. Look ahead and think ahead to the next controversial officer involved shooting of a black man or woman. (gasps) What? The next one? There's going to be a next one. And the chances are it's going to be caught on video. And chances are it is going to blow up into a big deal. What then? There's a phrase amongst the phrases allowable on jerseys in the bubble restart of the NBA of how many more. And I understand the sentiment, I understand the question, but a pure rationalist would say, well, probably between 15 to 25 a year, because that's kind of what the average has been the last five or so years. On average, in America, a nation of 330 million people, give or take, with who knows how many million police-citizen interactions, with whatever the percentage of African-Americans in the country as of now, according to the census, that there have been, last year I think the number was 17 officer-involved shootings or you know officer-involved deaths off of shootings of unarmed suspects who happen to be black. So that's about the number. You can't get away from the numbers. You cannot get away from the sheer weight of statistics. 340 million is a massive number, or 330 million is a massive number. And the millions of police-citizen interactions in all the cities and all the nooks and crannies of the U.S. is such that the sheer numbers will say, well, how many more? I can tell you right now, with reasonable accuracy, it's going to be about 15 to 25 a year. And many of them will be caught on video, and some of them will be really borderline, which I think this one was. Now, the uh, Wisconsin Department of Justice issued a statement that laid out the basic timeline of events, and that is the Kenosha Police Department was summoned by a phone call from a female who claimed that her boyfriend was present and not supposed to be on the premises. During the incident, officers attempted to arrest Mr. Blake uh, because he had an outstanding arrest warrant. Uh, That was when they scuffled. The taser was used to attempt to stop Mr. Blake and was not successful. Then you saw the video. Blake walked around his vehicle, opened the driver's side door, leaned forward, and that was at the time holding on to Blake's shirt. The officer fired his service weapon seven times. Shocking, because I've just... That didn't seem to me to be good police work. Holding on to a shirt and then seven shots in the back. But I'm not in law enforcement. I don't know. Maybe that happens from time to time. It turns out that Blake had a knife, a weapon, a lethal weapon. It was recovered from the driver's side floorboard of the vehicle. Not sure if he was holding it and dropped it. Not sure if it was down there when he went in to reach. Of course, the officer at the time had no idea what he was reaching for, whether it was a knife or a gun or something else. It's in that crucial moment that you have to say, well, was that justified? And it is the toughest call in law enforcement. I read somewhere today that they teach officers about a 15-foot 
radius because for people with suspects with knives because a knife-wielding suspect can close that 15 feet in a blink of an eye. And I don't doubt it. The video looked very disturbing and bad, like shoddy police work. Like, what are you doing? Really? And in the heat of the moment, maybe the better thing to do would be to say, okay, I don't, I'm not in front of the suspect. He's gotten out of our grasp once already. He's about to get into his car. There's kids present. He's leaning down for a weapon. I'm going to take a step back. I'll point my weapon at him and I will command him, put down the weapon or whatever you're reaching for. And as soon as I see him turn towards me, then I'll feel more comfortable shooting my service revolver. But a lot of times you wait that long, you're dead. It's a tough deal. By the way, he was wanted for third-degree felony sexual assault. So he's not going to turn, you know, Mr. Blake is not going to turn out to be the best poster suspect for this cause. But it's a tough deal. The NBA players feel very strongly about it. They feel like they've got a platform and a voice. But they also have a business, a billion-dollar business. In fact, the television revenues from the playoffs alone are a billion dollars. That's why when some people were tweeting the after in the you know minutes and hours after this thing went down, they said, "Well, the season's over." And I believe Steve Kyler, who covers the NBA, we've had him on as a guest a number of times, said, "Well, it's a billion dollar ticket from the television partners, and they have sold ads off of that, and the advertisers would get their money back first, and then the le- and then the television partners would say the league." <laughs> We want our money back too. And it cascades down from there. The notion that, hey, okay, you know, you had to cancel the postseason because of incidents beyond your control. Oh, don't worry about it. Keep that money, NBA. Maybe ESPN and TNT would say, no chance, by the way. Let's work on next year. This would affect the collective bargaining agreement and it would be a cascading series of financial disasters for the league that would gravely affect every player. And remember, you're running a business. You're doing this for money. It's entertainment. Yes, you feel strongly about this particular cause. I get it. I'm with it. Uh, I am all about it. There's got to be, we've got to do something to sort of tighten the screws on these incidents, even though we know there's going to be them from time to time. There's just no way around it. Not in a nation this big. So, um, What's the league going to do? How the league, How is the league? Here's my other question. It's a tomorrow question. It's a two weeks from now question. It's a next year question. How does this league ever uncouple from being the social justice league? When does the Black Lives Matter logo come off the court? When does the slogans, when do the slogans come off the back of the shirts? Next year, two years from never. And what are the business ramifications of doing, of not getting back to a more normal? Hey, we're a basketball league. Yes, we're 90% black and we have a number of issues that are very paramount to us. And we're going to let our players speak out on that. But at the end of the day, we're a basketball league. You know, we have some of the best athletes and great citizens in the world uh, that we would like to get you to know and, and watch them do amazing things. That's what we're here. That's our business. That's why season tickets courtside run $10,000 and above. That's what inspires people. 
That's the product. How do they get back to that? How do they decouple? Because I think no matter how in tune you are or woke, as the saying goes, with this cause, I don't think you're dragging many non-basketball fans to the TV to watch. I think there's a number of people who are of similar mindset who go, all right, good NBA. I like that. Standing up for the cause. Oh, yeah, I want to watch the uh, Grizzlies and the Clippers tonight? No, no, I'm watching Netflix. I don't, I don't watch basketball. Who's, who's on those teams? So it probably will not draw any more non-viewing customers to the table, but it will, without a doubt, peel off a certain percentage. And it's anywhere from, let's say, 1% to perhaps a high of 20% of customers that say, you know, I like the NBA and I'm certainly against excessive police force and violence against minorities, people of color, and yes, otherwise law-abiding and or innocent white people. But I don't, I don't need it here. I just need dribble, drive, jump shot, dunk, high five, yay, go team. That's all I want. So, sorry, NBA, I'm out. There's a comparable product called college basketball that's not nearly as preachy, and it's got a shorter season, and the gameplay is not quite as good, but it scales nicely. It, it looks pretty good. They've got really impressive players that can run around and shoot threes and dunk, so I'm going to go ahead and watch that. And I know Adam Silver knows this. And he's walking a fine line between placating the players and sticking to the business model. But you got to have a goal, a plan, and an exit strategy. And I'm not sure that the NBA players have any of the three. A goal that's achievable, a plan that's not too far-fetched, and an exit strategy if you get close and don't get all the way there. In other words, how do you declare victory and go home? Only time will tell. It'll be interesting the next couple of days and weeks to see how the NBA responds to this, but they are right now, without a doubt, in a tight spot. Dan Snyder is in big trouble, and I am all about it. The owner of the Washington football team may not survive as the owner of the team. This could be it. The Washington Post with a big story on Wednesday in which more women came out detailing their abusive treatment while employees of the team. And this time, the story has drawn some blood, so to speak, from Dan Snyder. A direct shot? No. A flesh wound? Uh, More than that, I'd say. To me, the most damning thing about the Washington Post story is the fact that there is in existence, that the Post has verified, a sort of a bootleg video that was shot during the cheerleaders' uh, swimsuit shoot in Bermuda, Bahama, Baby, Why Don't We Go, well, you know that song. And it was never, of course, intended for air, and it had sections in which they focused in on genital areas covered only by paint and exposed breasts. And according to one former staffer, Larry Michael instructed the videographer to burn a copy of the DVD and label it executive meeting. Someone else said that they were told to get a get a tape together with the good stuff for Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder has denied it in a statement. The team has issued a statement after the statement. It's apparently statement season now with the Washington football team. 
And uh, Larry Michael has denied it as well on the record that he ever instructed anybody to do such a thing. It's bad. And the NFL put out a statement as well on Wednesday night saying that they would continue to monitor the situation and allow Dan Snyder's hand-picked attorney to do her investigation to see what the culture is like. Dan Snyder is like the trucker who's barreling down the highway at 85 miles an hour, hits a patch of black ice he didn't see coming, and all of a sudden, oh, that 18-wheeler is fishtailing. That load in the back is getting heavy. And just when you think you got under control, maybe you don't. I think there is a very real chance he is forced out, forced to sell the team. And I really think that the minority investors are key to this because when Dan Snyder told them, fuck you, I'm the captain, you're not buying the team, and you want out, you want to make me look bad, fuck you. That's Dan Snyder's first instinct. It's his only instinct, really. He's not a coalition maker. He's not um, some kind of great schmoozer. I'm sure his first instinct was to tell Fred Smith and Dwight Schar and Rob Rothman, fuck you to the moon. I'm the owner. Watch. I'll bury you. And those three guys, they are not, they're no pishers, as Andy would say. They are billionaires in their own right. And they earn their money in a much more legitimate, professional business way than Dan Snyder. So my thought is, as soon as Snyder said that to them, that's when they said, okay, we'll do it the hard way. We'll go scorched earth. We will coax out of the woodwork all the skeletons that we know exist. And we will coax them out and we will help facilitate the story. And we'll have our surrogates back channel information to the Washington Post, who are plenty happy in reporting this story. And we will make your life hell. And guess what? We don't have to sell our shares. We don't have to get out. If we think you are weak and we can topple you, and then that would give us a shot to either own the team as the principal owners, or at worst case, once they get you out and someone like Bezos comes in, then you can sell your shares at a much better price because now the team is run and owned by a competent, bona fide, new multi-billionaire, not you, Dan Snyder. That's just my take on things. I'm not ordering the sheet cake yet that says Dan Snyder is gone, but I know what it's going to look like when I do. Hello, man. Oh, man. I hate this year. Somebody had the somebody had the line of the year saying it's obviously it's obvious that 2020 is the last season because the writers are using up all of their plot lines at once. (laughs) Fucking a man. And two big stories, two monstrous stories break on Wednesday. First of all, the Dan Snyder story. We could talk about that. And then, of course, the NBA story, which is still evolving, and we don't know where it's going to go. So let's dig in. How you doing, Jay? I'm doing good. You're breaking up a little bit, by the way, just to let you know. Well, that doesn't matter because it sounds like I'm clear. That's just a – That's a. can you hear me at least? Can you I hear can my hear dulcet tones? Okay. Great. You're there coming through. You're coming through loud and clear, so we good on that. Okay. All right. Holy shit. Where do we – 
begin? Where do you want to begin on all of this? Uh, let's talk about the Padres and Dodgers uh, <laughs> playing great baseball right now. Oh, yeah, that's right. I tell you what. They're like 800. <laughs> I tell you what, the Padres are really coming on. Looks like their vision for that team has uh, really blossomed, and uh, uh, Machado has come into his own. But, my, I tell you this, Tatis Jr., he is something else. Huh? Look at Will Myers, Tatis Jr., Machado. <laughs> it's like murderer's row. And Mark, that was our 30 seconds on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's start with the obvious, the shooting. I, I said this before, and I'll say it again. When I saw it, it shocked me because it looked like the shittiest police work I'd ever seen and something that would have never, ever been taught in any sort of a class. The one arm, grab a suspect by the shirt, and then unload your clip into his back. Agreed? What was he pulled over for? That's one thing that... Well, he wasn't pulled over. That's the thing. He was at... His car was parked outside his girlfriend's house and his girlfriend called the police because apparently he had a restraining order on him, was not supposed to be around. Mm -hmm. And then the police showed up and they knew based on his file that he had an outstanding third degree felony for sexual assault. They tried to arrest him. Uh, They were, you know, wrestling with us on the side of the car before you see him get up. He gets up, he walks around, walks to the door, and then the unthinkable happens. I, I thought I heard today that he might have had a knife in the car. He did. That was announced okay. today, that they found a knife on the driver's side floorboard. Uh, and there, I think there was a video from the other angle, it's not totally cleared, that might have shown he had a knife in his hand, and he might have dropped it. But it just seems like that is not the way to go. Now, you sent me a video of a female police officer in Arizona who yeah. shot and killed a knife-wielding dude in a parking lot outside a grocery store and the guy was white. And it was a, they, right. Yeah. And and he was crazy and he was screaming, "I'll fucking cut you open, bitch." After they ran that. around the car like 10 times. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um and I've seen other crazy videos. I saw a DUI arrest gone bad in which two cops tried to subdue a guy who resisted arrest. They tasered him successfully. Oh, by the way, the officers in Kenosha did try to taser uh, the uh, Mr. Blake, and then he got out. It, it didn't work, I guess. And so that's what led to it. But this, uh, this other incident, uh, the guy breaks through two officers. He gets tasered into oncoming traffic, Jay. And the cars have to stop and like go around him. They drag him back to the side of the road. They're unloading Sparky into him. He's quivering. He's twitching. They both get on him. They think they got the upper hand. Fights him off again. And this was not a really big dude. So he fights him off, gets him off balance, runs around to the front of the car, reaches in the window, grabs a handgun, shoots one of the two officers basically at point-blank range. The other officer then has one of those comedic Old West gunfights where they're both ducking behind a barrel, shooting at each other. Yeah. Craziness. And then he gets in the car and drives off. Shit goes squirrely more than you think. But also, some cops, way too gung-ho, way too trigger-happy. And they are not the most evolved and racially uh, grounded citizens. It just seems to me that shoot first, 
ask questions second is going on a lot these days. Like I gave the 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 woman cop, the one I sent you, I gave her credit. She, by the way, she was all day. She was there alone, by the way, too. Right. No backup. No backup. Right. And from from what I read, that's like the best procedure that she could have done alone. And because she could have just put him, you know, hit him full of lead. Yeah. 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 At yeah. least five or six times. Yeah. But um, I guess, and she didn't after, you know, everything else was exhausted. She put three rounds in him or three shots in him. Excuse yeah. me. The, uh, the, the people that want to defund the police, the, like some of them say that for domestic violence calls, which are the most dangerous, they want to send a social worker instead of a police officer. Yeah. That's, I've seen domestic. I've seen domestic violence calls go wrong. Oh, they almost always do. They're they're supposedly one of the most dangerous calls to take. Yeah, because you got very inflamed situations on both sides. And can you imagine an unarmed social worker rolling up to that scene in Kenosha? Like, yeah, hey, hey, I'm I'm here. I'm here to help and defuse this situation. (laughs) Oh, really? Right. Yeah. What do you have? I have a clipboard. And I have some Tic Tacs. And gum. And gum. <laughs> and, and gum. Yeah. I got a, I got a case file and Tic Tacs. Shall we sit down and talk this through? Uh, uh, it's it's the, a tough deal. And then that led to the fucking insanity the following night that you wanted to talk about of the yeah, dude. I'm, I'm more angry at, at that deal hole. Okay. You do know he killed two white dudes. It's here's but, here's the irony. It doesn't matter. Here's no, the no, irony. It doesn't matter. Here's the irony. Two white a white guy killed another white guy at a Black Lives Matter rally. Right. <laughs> I first of all, he shouldn't have been there. Okay. Second of all, he crossed state lines with the firearm. Isn't that illegal? Third might be. Third, he didn't have a license. Fourth, wasn't his gun. It's just Hey, these the, the vigilante shit is the stuff that gets me upset. Well, to present the other side, he there's along- no other side. There's <laughs> no other side. He's not a police. Wait a minute. He's not a police officer. There is no other side. All right. He D- shouldn't have been there. Nobody asked for his help. He shouldn't have been there. In a perfect world, you're right. But this was a world in which Kenosha was burning down, and he and other citizens were like. Fucking cops aren't stopping any of this shit. Peaceful protest. Yeah, there might be some going on, but there's looting, burning, rioting. Car dealerships are going up in flames. Happened one night, happened two nights. They're like, fuck this shit. Let's go out there and let's pretend like we're militia. And well, that's what happens. But did you see the first guy he shot in the head? Yes. That guy was chasing him. It was because... I, I I saw the video last night. I'm trying to remember why, because I it I read something that he had just not saved a well no he saved a saved uh, a guy's business from being looted right. And then the BLM protesters, mostly white, rolled up on him right and started and chasing tried him. It, and try to subdue him because he had a gun, and they were trying to tell the police officers. Yeah, they about, got him to the they got him to the ground, and that's where he came up and started shooting. By well, the way, you know what you know what he's going to use, you know, for I fear for my life. Yeah, I fear for my life. Yeah. Well, he well he, he had a legitimate reason to feel for his life. The, the skateboard guy that got the dry gulch gut shot and died, 
he tried to, you know, use the skateboard as a deadly weapon, which is a common thing with a lot of these BLM protesters, mostly white suburban kids that are just LARPing out there like revolutionaries, tried to smash him in the head with the trucks and the wheels. Barely missed. I think he's got great grounds for self-defense. I think first-degree murder is an insane charge. First degree, Jay, requires premeditation. Yeah, right. Like he 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 had it in his mind that he was just gonna go right. kill him that night. He won't get that. No, and they'll probably try to knock that down, but like we don't know what led up to him running. He was fleeing from several people before the first shots were fired. But that's gonna be the problem. It's going to be his word against the word of comedy unless but there's, there's video. But there's video of him fleeing. Now, they could say, well, he shot or he did something else aggressive. But I think, you know, and again, this is going to be a jury thing. Now, this is the other thing that's going to suck is that, you know, not only is a potential trial for the officer involved in this going to reverberate six, eight months down the road or longer, but this kid's trial is going to reverberate six, eight, 12 months down the road. How long do they keep him in jail? Oh, I think he's still in jail. I think when you're wanted for first degree murder. I don't think I would hope he's been denied bail. Hmm. But here's the thing: there's too many people out there thinking this is all just fun. You know, you know the term LARPing. I've never you used that early, and I did not know what LARPing was. Live action role play. Oh, because they so so it's uh, Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's too many people out there LARPing around, either as revolutionaries protesting or now. People LARPing as Call of Duty warriors when they just happen to own an AR-15 and some body armor. And it is nuts. And what has to happen, Jay, can we come together on this? This shit, we got to get the fucking lid on this. Would you agree that we got to get the National Guard in there to say, shit's going quiet tonight. We're arresting everybody. I, I remember what that was like, though. And, and and be more when that and that is during that the Freddie during the Freddie Gray riots. I, I I distinctly I will never forget driving home because I had a uh, they gave you know essential personnel passes and BAL gave me one because I worked till ten. Yeah, and I remember driving home and I was right by uh, the harbor. It's, there's a light by the harbor and I stopped and to the right of me was a Humvee. To the left of me was a tank. And I'm like, okay, this is surreal. This is crazy, right. And, and nobody else has been on this. I was like, this is just crazy. And that's like the last line of defense to use the National Guard, I always say. Right. But what are the, the, what are the, what are the Kenosha police, what are, what are they doing? Well, they're outnumbered like fuck. I mean, Kenosha is yeah. a pretty decent sized city. It's 100,000 people. And it's the fourth largest city in Wisconsin. But it's... You know, it's not much. It's tucked right across the border of Illinois. You know, up until now, the the uh, the, the claim to fame for Kenosha was uh, Nick Van Exel, the Kenosha kid. He was called. That's oh, where Nick Van Exel's wow. from. Yeah, did not know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but no, it's 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 fucking crazy. There's too many kids out there thinking, oh, there's there's no consequence for me being out here, whether you have a gun and you think you're going to be Rambo, or whether you're a skate punk. Yeah, like all right, Black Lives Matter. Bad outcomes are happening. Stay the fuck home would be a good that idea. Is, and that is my complaint about everything. The, the, the BLM kids stay home. 
some uh, of the guys who, as you said, uh, want to be Call of Duty warriors, yeah. stay home. Yeah. Nobody is asking for you. Nobody's asking for your help. Yeah. Anyway, on a lighter note, the NBA didn't play basketball on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, and it hangs in the balance. I think they're going to resume playing. I don't think the season is over. Do you think they might just bag the season? This one's touchy because I think LeBron is ahead of all this. Oh, yeah. And he's been, he's been quite vocal lately. By the way, did you see the interview with him when uh, he had the autobiography of Malcolm X in his hand? Yeah. And they asked him what he liked. That was one of the worst things I've ever he obviously didn't read the book. Oh no! By the way, I've read it. I've read it uh, seven times. Have you so, read? Okay. Yeah. Um, and it was. I was like, he was like, well, it was about a man. I'm like, oh, dude, really? You sound idiotic. <laughs> that was Jay, not a good look for LeBron. <laughs> Jay, I don't want to. Uh, this would be the most depressing thing you hear all week. You uh, have swerved right into exactly what Whitlock wrote about that. Oh, really? Yes, really. Basically, Whitlock's like, look, I've read that autobiography three times, and that I don't know what book LeBron is reading, but that's not at all what uh, Malcolm Little, I believe. Malcolm is, Little, yeah, yes. A drug dealer turned religious. Drug dealer and, pimp. Yeah, drug, drug dealer pimp. Drug dealer pimp and yeah. uh, uh, robber. He, he, yeah. he robbed a lot of people, too. Yeah. Also yeah. warned about uh, be wary of the liberal white man. Pretending to be your like, friend. Nope, did not. He uh, did not like white people at all up until about '64, uh, when he after he did his pilgrimage to mm-hmm. uh, Mecca. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he did not know. Did not. Did he? He could say he because he, he said that he and the Klan had the same ideal ideals. <laughs> he said that. <laughs> And he was like, holy shit, I gotta change my ideals. Right, right, yeah. I'm just yeah. like I'm just like the clan. This is nuts. Yeah. But I that's the one thing about LeBron I did not like the that was some serious, serious uh posing. Yeah. Well, uh I think they're gonna play because the economics are know. such the economics are such they would they would deal the NBA, I don't want to say a fatal blow, but I mean it would be a massive blow. There would be such fallout from this. The, the playoffs make a million, a, a billion dollars for the league from their television partners. And to think of all the trouble and, and, and effort they put in to making this bubble and then to say, nah, fuck it, we're going home. Poof. That'd be something right there. And then you throw open the gates of what about free agency? What about the salary cap? Hell, what about the collective bargaining agreement? I think the sun's going to come up tomorrow, Jay, except for in Louisiana where, holy shit, have you seen that hurricane? Oh, I thought it was Houston also. Houston, Houston also, yeah. Yeah. The sun will come oh. up tomorrow in most of the country. And if, if you ever had, you know how it's like you've had a really shit day? At least waking up the next day, especially if it's sunny and the weather's decent, it does feel totally different. Can th- we Can we say this? 2020 is the worst year in the history of the world. Yeah. I, I thought about, I thought about that and I said, maybe 1941. Yeah. I mean, you pick a world war year. Yeah. That's yeah. That's, that's but no, that's a bad one. This, yeah. is, this, is, this is a bad one. Like I said, the tweet about it's obvious 2020 is the last season because the writers are using up all their plot lines at once. Now <laughs> just throwing everything at it. And we got an asteroid that could hit the earth the day before the election. 
uh, is there anything else that could go wrong? Oh, I know, no, I know what we need a good a good brush fire in California. Yeah, well, that's, take yeah. out everything. Well, that's yeah. happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know what? A lot worse could go wrong, but I'm going to hold out hope that things. I don't know what's worse than what's already happening. Oh, that election's coming up. I'm sorry. Hold my beer. That's going to be a shit show. How about how about a close election that's hung up for months? Oh yeah, that's that's going to happen due to legal that, wrangling over absentee ballots. That is going to, or, or well, we can't have fallen or hanging Chad anymore. Oh right, but yeah, e- even worse here. Get, get a load of this. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what you you're pro mail in balloting. Is that where you stand on this? I because that's easier for me for a lot of people is for mail in ballots. Yeah. Okay. Are you worried about? Fraud? Uh, yeah, it's going to be like what Chicago vote vote early and often. All right. Are you worried about missing ballots? Like, are you worried that your vote may get lost? I'm more worried about that. That okay. Even though yeah, I'm, here I'm, take, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go vote. Yeah, fuck yeah, I'm going to go vote in person. Yeah. Here, take take a listen to this. A postal worker captured delivering the mail, but not in a mailbox. Cell phone video showing the woman tossing an armful of mail into the trash. <laughs> Residents in that area say they thought something was going on because they had not received any mail in days. Hmm. But when they saw this video showing why, they just could not believe it. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Exactly. What if there's someone's like heart medicine? Fuck yeah. Or an eviction notice. Or their DVD of the month. Or perhaps their Columbia House... uh, (laughs) Eleven DVDs for I, one penny. I still, I still owe them for yeah, a penny. <laughs> I still for... owe them stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Well, I hope they, uh, I hope they resume the NBA. Uh, you know, I think the league was just starting to get good here. I think the playoffs were just ready to get oh, good. I was, I was in, I was watching three games a night and enjoying it. Uh, Luka Doncic is my new favorite player. Let's talk about uh, White Jesus. White basketball Jesus for a second. Well, can I say something first? Yes, sir. Have you seen Luca's mom? No. Please look up Luca Doncic's mom. She a dime piece? Smoke show. Okay. And I was like, this this guy just throwing the seven seven seven. Oh, hello, <laughs> Mir Jam Potterbin. Yeah. If that's your real name, <laughs> Mir Jam Potterbin. Yeah, I I heard people comparing him to Larry Bird. Larry Bird, I'm like he is not Larry Bird. He's Magic Johnson with a better jump shot. He brings the ball up. He initiates the offense. Could he be White I Mamba? Mean, White Kobe? No, he's not a he's not a uh, he's uh, the, uh, Kobe's game was lethally offensive. His and, game and is every, everything. Yeah, everything. I mean. He's a he's a great playmaker. Right. I mean, he's I, I love Luke. I hey, love him. Can you find that cricket and squash it with your foot right I now? I can't. It's out. It's out <laughs> in the back. I can't find. I know. Dave, last night I was on a fucking cricket hunt. I'm telling you, you can hear that. That is the worst thing because we lit well. The, the community is Woodside West. Hence, I, I'm glad you heard that. I uh I can't even uh, I can't even pay attention to the cricket. I'm just looking at Luka Doncic's mom right now. She is a smoke show. She uh she looks sort of like I'm trying to get a comp on her. Trying a to... young Winona Judd is what I said. Okay. 
Not bad. Not bad. Um, it'll come to me. I got to let it soak for a second. So anyway, Doncic has that fluidity, that hip fluidity, that smoothness that yeah. eludes most of us honkies out there on the basketball court and on the dance floor. He's just got it. I I always say European whites and American whites, you can't put them in the same bag. Well, and that was that was is a question that, is that I raised. Wrong of me to say that? No, it's not wrong at all. I raised the question, not that I am xenophobic, because hell, Doncic is going to be fucking American chicks, eating American cheeseburgers, <laughs> driving American cars, going to American clubs. He's going to be as American as apple fucking pie. All right, so big deal that he's from uh, Slovenia. But no, my question was, you got to kill that cricket. My question it's, was, <laughs> I, I can't find it. It's. It, Could you go it, inside? I am going inside. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, um, okay. So the thing is, uh, I was asking the question, when are we going to get the next American white superstar? Because Luka Doncic is a superstar, and there are very few white superstars. I'd say that maybe Dirk Nowitzki became a superstar. I wouldn't even call Steve Nash who won two MVPs, which was ridiculous. He was, a, he was a superstar. No, he was not. He was a star. Not a superstar. Superstars are relegated to the top seven players or fewer in the NBA. Those are my rules. I'm sticking to it. When you're known by one name, you're a superstar. Steve Nash was known by one name? No, no. I just know I'm taking that and going, you're right. Oh, he okay. Wasn't. He's Steve Nash. Okay. But... Yeah, Shaq, Dirk Kobe, was Dirk. Right. right, Dirk was Dirk. Right, right. Luca, exactly. So uh, I'm, my 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 thing that I'm pondering is, you know, we make six, seven white guys who are athletic and can shoot and do all this stuff, but they never filter up, or at least they haven't recently, to the NBA level like this kid has. And my theory is that at some point, the super elite athletes get filtered off into our other American sports like baseball or football or maybe hockey. And they don't pursue the NBA with as much zeal. It takes a European whose choices are either NBA or soccer, and they really don't care for soccer. And so, therefore, they go to the NBA. We're talking one in a million, basically, you know, kind of talent. Well, I was I was going to say it's not like, well, for Luca, this, I don't, I don't know if he was poor or not. I don't know his upbringing, but like Kuko was like poor. Right. And he had to be a good basketball player to get out of the poverty-stricken Serbia that he was in. But isn't it there's a, a lot of there's a lot of white kids who's like, yeah, I'm good, I can be okay, but right. you know, I don't I don't have to try as hard as everybody else. Isn't it? Like, a, isn't it a joke uh, though comparing uh, Tony Kukoc to Luka Doncic? Is it a joke? No. Well, no, because Luka Doncic is way better. I mean, you, you oh. think about it, it's like. Yeah, Kukoc, Kukoc was, was pretty damn good. Let's yeah. don't don't okay. understand. He was pretty. He was six nine, could handle and shoot. I must have missed the forty three, fifteen, and twelve <laughs> game. From... Different, different time, different time, <laughs> different. Don't don't undersell Tony Kukoc on how good he was. No, All right, all right, no. all right. Fair enough. But no, because um, I used to be the king of Europeans. Are they suck? They're they're soft. That is not true. Like th- these guys are badass. Yeah. The Europeans that are in now. Well, even Bob Boban, <laughs> I like him. 
Yeah. And big seven foot three lurch looking dude. Sure. Boban, uh, yeah, Mar- Marjanovic. Funny as hell, Boban. He is hysterical. Yes. He, <laughs> he's like George Mearsheim, but with a better game. Right. He did the Urang like Lurch from uh, Adam's family for Shaq on NBA inside the NBA. That was funny as hell. There's right. a video of him dancing with uh, another player that I, every time, I, if I need a good laugh, yeah. I'll go to that. That's, that's my go to. Uh, Google Boban's wife. She's always she's gonna look small just because he's a, a giant. He's seven foot four, but I think she's like five two. So she okay. looks like she looks like she looks like a, a stuffed toy you'd earn at the fair for uh you know. What, you Why know, is shoot. it the first thing that comes up? Whoa! Look at him! <laughs> yeah, look at good work by you. <laughs> See, he's got to just by you. he's got to just pick her up and just go. Ba-doom, 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 and then we toss her onto the bed and say, <laughs> how was it? <laughs> you want to have sex with the great Boban? <laughs> Who wants to sex Who wants Boban? To sex Boban? But he's got a big dick, too, but I'm not into that. I mean, you know, it's it's guy's personal sit, you know, situation. Oh, there's a lovely picture of them on their wedding day at the beach, oh. and she's literally looking up at him, and her, her neck looks like it's about to be broken. <laughs> right. Hi, honey. How are you? Love. And they've got 2.5 kids. Nice. 2.5. They got a point fiver, huh? Yeah. Perfect. There you go. Fenced in yard. All right. Uh, before we get to FTG for the week, do you know that Lefty has a new nickname, Phil Mickelson? It's not Lumpy. I, by the way, I have, I have a question for you after we're done. We're really quick about golf. Uh, it's not It's not Lumpy. What, what is it? It used to be Lumpy Rutherford. What is it now? No, Rona, because he shows up out of nowhere and kills all these old guys. Oh! oh! Wire-to-wire win on the senior tour just days after turning 50. He's like, yeah, I think I'll give this a shot. I got nothing else to do. 61, 64, 63. What, is this game hard? (laughs) You know, all the other senior tour players, many of them ex-tour players, like, God damn it. Fucking lefties here. Go home. This sucks. We're playing for second. What is the deal with DeChambeau? Why does everybody hate him so? Oh, Jay. You have opened up a fascinating discussion. Because every time I hear something on sports radio or television, it's how much they hate him. Everybody hates him. Good question. Let's unpack it. First of all, he has this weird thing. His whole existence is weird ball. Is he, he a rich kid that is playing golf? No, uh, not about rich, but you know he didn't grow up poor. But he discovered early on he wanted to have clubs all the same length. Normally, your nine iron shorter than your four shorter iron, than your, and it right. goes down. Okay, so he 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 got all of his clubs the same length, and he uses a swing that is more mechanical instead of fluid. And he decided this past year. He was going to gain weight and muscle and just start swinging like he's in some beer league scramble for the fences. And that's really been never been done before by a tour player where they've said, fuck it, I'm going for the most distance ever. I don't care what my swing looks like. I'm just going to pedal to the metal, hammer it. Part of it is the old equipment, you couldn't keep the ball on the map if you swung that hard. The new stuff, you can. So he learned to hit it straight enough. And he was long, he's long as fuck now, and he's probably taking steroids, and he's eating, you know, 
big bag of Taco Bell every night because he thinks that even being a little bit chubby, along with being muscular, helps out with his, you know, the equation, the physics of force equals mass. That includes fat times acceleration, his violent swing through the ball. And so he's pursued this and it would all be a big fucking joke. Like you clown shoe, except for one thing, Jay, he's winning and he's finishing consistently in the top 10 or top five. So I that's just hear everybody go how much they hate him. And he's okay. Dick so, and so he's that's condescending. All right. So that's the good part of Bryson DeChambeau. Now for the bad part, he has been involved in multiple rules, arguments with rules officials where he has been asking for something that clearly you're like, if you play golf, you're like, no dude, that ain't the rule. The fuck is wrong with you? He asked for relief from an anthill this year and he was really, well, even con- I know that's some bullshit, <laughs> right? Now, technically fire ants, which are classified as a dangerous animal, you'd get relief, but they have to be really near your ball or you really in danger. And the rules officials like, no, six ants right here is not going to fucking make a difference. Hit the ball. And so he was, he's been really condescending and he's like Mr. Know-it-all. He thinks he's Mr. Know-it-all in the rules and he's been a dick about that with the rules officials. He's also painfully slow as a player. Ooh, slow play. Hate that one. Oh, we hate yeah. that one. And you know who's got no use for him is one Brooks Kepka. So Brooks Kepka openly clowns DeChambeau whenever he can. So he's not really well-liked and he's, he's very cocky and he's kind of – he doesn't really have many friends – I personally think he is Asperger's. As a somebody who has a child on the autism spectrum, I can see elements of it, even though my daughter's not Asperger's. I can just see in him. I'm like, I kind of get it, where there's a couple pieces of the social puzzle missing with him, and he, it just doesn't register with him. Is but, he Phil Light from early Phil? Because everybody hated Phil. No, because Phil's a complete full personality, and... Again, I think DeChambeau's, he's got, he's a little bit, he's a little bit on the spectrum, which is, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, he lacks certain social skills, maybe a touch of empathy. I don't know. And there's a lot not to like about how he treats rules officials and his slow play. But here's the thing, Jay, as a golf nerd, I'm fascinated because he's doing something that's kind of wild. Nobody's done it. And it is awesome to watch him hit missiles, especially with the shot tracer. You see DeChambeau haul off and hit one 350 in the air straighter than a wedding dick on a tight par four. Oh, my man. That that will get you going right there if you're a golf fan. What do they have this weekend? Because I will, I will watch, I will watch uh, tomorrow. What they, what's this weekend? This is second stop of the tour playoffs. I should know this. Uh, somewhere with a clubhouse and uh, 18 greens. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll search for it. No need. No need. Uh, yeah, it, it'll be on TV. May, oh, the yes. NBA may not be on TV, but uh... golf will. Last thing before <laughs> I'm we sorry. get to fuck that Olympi- guy. Olympia, Olympia Fields in Chicago. Oh, in, in Chicago. Yeah, okay. Olympia Fields. There you go. Last thing before we get to FTG, uh, I was uh, going to the landfill to throw stuff away when I, I was listening to your show on Tuesday. Okay. Yes. And... When you said you and your wife dropped your daughter off at college, mm-hmm. I almost stopped the car and ran into a wall. Because I remember the little Zabins yeah. at age six and eight. Yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I know. Can we slow this time thing down? I know. 
I know. Imagine and your daughter's in, like is Scott Luton's daughter in college also now? Yep. Madison was installed Jesus at James Madison Christ University. Almighty. Yep. Andy, Andy's daughter's married. Yep. Living it. Jesus <laughs> H Christ. Scott Lynn's kids are I mean Scott Jackson's kids are in college. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, just yeah, stop yeah. this thing. Okay. I know. I know. With that said, let's give it to somebody good who absolutely deserves it. And we need to punch up the FTG better, all right? So let's do that. Here we go. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. As an emailer pointed out, we need to wind up with So in conclusion, when it comes to John Doe, fuck that guy. And then I punch it up with the music, all right? Here we go. Jay, who do you got this week? I was was going to say Tom Brenneman. Is that bad? No. I can't use that? No, it's not. Go ahead. Lay lay into him. I'm angry for two reasons. Well, I mean, what he said. Homophobic. Well, okay. He didn't know the mic was on. But as you and I know, you got to have the mic on. is always hot. Right. Yes. But when he said, I'm a man of God, that made me go fucking insane. Yeah. Man of faith. Yeah. Man of faith. I'm sorry. Man yeah. of faith. Is he even good, by the way? No, I hate him. He was the guy okay. that gushed over Tebow. If you've ever spent more than five minutes with Tim Tebow, your life is better off for it. Oh, God. If you've ever spent more, more than five, you know he's a shitty quarterback. Yeah. That's what I know. You know what? But Mike, just... Mike on, Mike off. I mean, there are certain words that just aren't coming out of my mouth lest I ever get the muscle memory to uncork one at the wrong time. And they're just vile, hateful words. And that F word is one of them. And obviously the N word is another one. It just doesn't come out. And that's the fact that he would say that in into any microphone. And by the way, that's not the first time he said it. Cold, of course not. He said it. Yeah, of course not. Although I did, somebody did point out as he was talking about a certain city. They were they were talking about where the line came from in Blazing Saddles. You know that movie? <laughs> a bunch, what you're in the around, wide, wide world of sports you're is going on like a bunch of Casey. You know what? Ah. Right? Yes. And I saw when I googled up that scene to get this audio right. In the wide, wide world of sports is going on here. And you know they were uh, uh, the two sides: the the lawmen, the white lawmen, and, and the black prisoners on the chain gang. And they yes. were squaring off, and I, I I cringed at the language there. I was like, Jesus! But it was pretty funny. They broke into song, and this like really, really nice harmonized song. And when you were slaves, you sang like birds. <laughs> And then they're like, do me- I, 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 I got to go I watch that whole show. That movie is still in my top four. And could it be comedy. made today? Hell no. Right. It took well, Mel Brooks. Virgin couldn't be made, made today. I know. So for Tom Brenneman, you say. Fuck that guy. Amen on that. All right. I'll make this one short for me. Andrew Cuomo, shut up. You know, <laughs> trust the science. It's all about the science. The CDC comes out and says, look. We've changed our policy. Asymptomatics, we shouldn't be testing. It takes away resources. It's not really effective. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, no, no, no. Don't listen to that science. Hey, Cuomo, you're the dude who sent a bunch of old people still reeking of the row into nursing homes. Maybe you should sit this one out, buddy. To Andrew Cuomo, I say, fuck that guy. All right, Jay, we're out of here. Thanks, buddy. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. That'll do it for me today. Thanks for listening. 
Enjoy your Thursday. We'll reconvene here tomorrow. Subscribers only on Friday. Sign up.